What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to a special edition of Smack Talk presented by SmackoutMoment.com. I am your host of the panel, Tony Mango, and joining me on the mic for this episode is Kaylin Ferris. Hello, baby. Steven Wago. Hello. Andrew White. Hey, Tony. It's the show. You know. It is the show. This one. That one. Yeah. It's the show. The uncool movie show? (laughs) No, 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 no. We're pretty cool. Sure we are. All right, so the 2015 WWE Survivor Series pay-per-view just ended about a half an hour ago from when we were recording this, so it's time for us to give our immediate reactions on this post-show podcast, and we're going to jump right into it with the kickoff of the night, the pre-show match that originally wasn't scheduled to take place, but it ended up happening anyway, and that was one of our two traditional elimination matches of the night. We had the heel team of The Miz, Stardust of the Ascension, and Bo Dallas, of all people, against the babyface team of Neville, the Dudley Boys, Titus O'Neil, and not Darren Young, Goldust, making a return to the company after how many months he's been gone? At least five, if not longer, right? It's been a while. I'd say between uh, February and March. I know he got injured around that time. I don't know if he ended up wrestling at WrestleMania this year. Uh, you know, I know he wrestled at Fastlane because he had that terrible match with Stardust. Yeah, but I, I don't, don't know if he did anything if he after was, that though. I don't remember if he was in the battle royal, or if he had already gotten injured by that point. But he's been gone for quite a while, and he made his glorious return tonight. And damn, were they on the gold dust train? He got two eliminations and ended up basically like being the star player for his team. But before we get into uh, every little nitpicking thing and stuff, I want to point out my big takeaway from this match: Who did Neville piss off? To get such a bad treatment here. Babyface team gets one elimination, and it's Neville. The guy who's the highest up on the card out of everybody here. You never well, know what's going to happen in the WWE. You never know. You'll never know. <laughs> can't say that, that's hard. Neville know. You'll never know who's on the Neville level. Apparently not Neville. Yeah, shit. Hey, you, you never know, actually, you know. I remember one time, uh, you know, the fact one person got eliminated off a team and he ended up tag teaming with someone else and it became tons of funk, so that happened. Neville it could definitely happen. You never Neville know. Is that so much harder for everybody else to say? <laughs> it's not hard for me to yeah. say. You'll never know. Neville know. Neville know, Neville know, Neville know. Oh no, my you tell me so. But um this match was for, I actually thought this match was quite a lot of fun, but I've got to agree. Neville getting eliminated like that caught me off guard. Um, I mean, does it really matter if they got a clean sweep or not? It's the fucking cosmic wasteland, the Miz and Bo fucking Dallas. Right. Like, and, I mean, I'm going to skip ahead here. We're just going to do this all in one shot, so it doesn't matter. We don't need to separate things and stuff. But one of my problems with this, I liked this match, but Neville's elimination stood out even more to me later on because they had three people in the other elimination match win. So it was like, we've got seven out of ten baby faces that ended up sticking around for their elimination matches. But Neville's one of the three that doesn't? And the two other people, too, were uh, that, that had gotten eliminated were Jimmy Uso and Sin Cara. Now, Sin Cara, I can understand, but Jimmy Uso's the good Uso. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I don't know, I got this weird impression... After the second match had happened, and then I looked back at this first one, and I started to think, maybe you guys agree, maybe you disagree, whatever. Did it feel to you guys like they were trying to bump up the people that had gotten screwed over before? Like, they wanted to kind of nerf, on the opposite end of the spectrum, the people who usually suck? Like, we got Bo Dallas in this match. He hasn't been doing anything. And we've got Jey Uso gets a pin, and, uh... Sin Cara gets a pin. Neville, who has been doing some decent stuff, gets eliminated. Like, I don't know, it's the opposite of what I would have expected to happen. See, I didn't actually see this match because I was preparing my snacks for the pay-per-view during the pre-show. But I did go back and... You had a Divas match to do that during. That's true. But then I wouldn't have had it for the beginning of the show. 
Anyways, I did not see the kickoff match, or not the kickoff match, but the pre-show match, rather. I did go back and I did read it, and I read, yeah, Neville being the only baby face that's eliminated, that seemed really weird. And I was thinking the exact same thing. What did he do? Who did he piss off to be the only one eliminated? There's If, if you're going to pick one on that team, why would it be him? I what don't sti- understand. What sticks out in my mind for this is that look at his t- tag team partners. Other than Titus O'Neil, and that can be argued, that every all of them are kind of an old guy. Neville's the young talent. Isn't that the one you want to put out there as your premium guy that you're building up for the next level? Right. Mm-hmm. The Neville level? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I will the say sub- they, Neville level. I understand if they wanted to keep the Dudley boys safe, because, come on, we're going to TLC. We, we kind of know that they're going to probably do something with that tag team title match going into that. So I understand maybe keeping them safe. But it's Goldust, which yeah, it might be a return, but, you know, someone could easily eliminate him. It's not that big of a deal. I doubt they're going to be pushing him too hard going forward. And um, Titus O'Neil, which they'll do something with him every now and then, but for the most part, he's just someone to throw out there whenever they just want him. Like, hey, by the way, this guy's a good father. Hey, you remember that one time he was a good father? <laughs> he still is. So... Yeah, just that was weird to me that they would do that to him. I don't know if it's something I that I don't like, he... think he can be the good father. I think that'd be gimmick infringement. <laughs> I will. <laughs> He's gonna be the okay I will say father. That... But uh, I don't know. I don't think he necessarily pissed someone off. Neville did, you know. Maybe it was just he drew the short, uh, short, short, the shortest straw, if you may, and he was just the one I chose to. I don't know. Maybe take the uh, fall in this one. I don't know. I mean, I'm starting to get worried that either this is something where Vince, you know, the way that he is, maybe looked at this and went, well, we can't have Titus lose. He's a big guy. Neville, he's the one that can get uh, the pin, that kind of a thing. Or this is that backwards-ass mentality that WWE has where they wanted Neville to lose because, well, we need to humble him. I mean, it's worse sometimes. I would Damn, this match went for 18 logic. minutes. Did I know that? And also, I will say, Tony, that's fine and all, but you got to remember, Ryback's not the uh, WWE World Heavyweight Championship, so you can't use that argument all the time as the standalone thing that Vince does. What, the, like, the, the big, big guys? Guy. The, yeah, big the, guys. the big guys don't, don't always, always win, win, but the small guys tend to lose more, you know? Yeah, but Just, you know who is the champion? Sheamus. He's a pretty big fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, he's not the big guy, if you may. Yeah, he beat the other big guy to end up winning that too. Huh. I mean, we'll you want to know who that? Big, you know the big guy he beat, beat <laughs> an average guy. Uh, what do you guys think about the idea that Goldust is back? Are you excited? I mean, I'm I'm excited. There's not too much you could do with him. I mean, they might try to do something with that Stardust feud that they failed to do at the beginning of the year. I mean, maybe that they could interest me if they do it correctly or those two have a good match, but unless you're going to reunite him and Stardust in some fashion going forward, I just don't see the value in him too much other than possibly putting over someone new if they come up onto the main roster and possibly turning him heel. I mean, if they brought Finn Balor up, I'd be interested in a Goldust-Finn uh, feud just for the... Just for the gimmick alone, I think it'd be a little interesting for the most part. I think it's good that he's back. Uh, you know, he's been around forever. His most recent run, I think, was one of the best that he's had. So he's definitely a value to the company. You know, it's good to see him in in matches. I'm I'm glad he's back. Wigo, any thoughts about Goldust? I think he is the perfect guy for Kevin Owens to rebound against. He's kind of a nostalgic name. He's can still go in the ring. They had a little backwards forwards on Twitter on a B pay per view. Perfect guy for Kevin Owens to knock off. Yeah, yeah, but Kevin Owens is going to be busy. I mean, he's got this feud with Melissa Joan Hart that he's got to do first. Hmm. He's got to fight Sabrina, the teenage teenage witch. And I take I, I take Sabrina in that. <laughs> Sabrina, Sabrina, Clarissa. He explains it all. Uh, One other thing I want to point out about this match is I'm very, very happy that it actually took place because they did have that kind of like, well, we have the pre-show and it's not going to have a match and we do have some kind of an elimination match, but we're not going to tell you who's in it. So they really did no 
job whatsoever when it came to building this up. But when they announced it, I was just like, good, okay, well, at least we're getting two of these. And despite how they are zero build and the matches could be terrible or whatever the case may be, it's Survivor Series. It should have at least one match, if not two or three. This paper used to be built on the idea of having multiple matches, and it only this match. And if they would have gone this whole time and this would have just had, like, the one match that we saw later on, I would have been so underwhelmed, because this was actually the better match, I think, between the two of them. Anybody have any thoughts about, like, whether they preferred this one or... Uh, yeah, I definitely uh, preferred this out of the two tag matches that we got. Like I said, I didn't see the first one, but based on just what I read, I think this one sounded better. The other one had its fun moments. We had... Uh, yeah, I'm not there. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, and I would agree with these other two men who have said that the first five-man was better than the second one. After that, I mean, there wasn't really much going on on the kickoff other than that. Um, but we did have a little social media lounge backstage segment with Tyler Breeze and Summer Ray that I thought was kind of funny. I I laughed when uh, Breeze was saying shit, like, just googs it. That's short. It's a brief <laughs> raffle. Call him him Ogo. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was And I, lo- I love that he didn't make eye contact with him during the entire segment at all. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, this person on Twitter asks, how can they look as good as you? This is the question that you thought of? You thought of this question? It's a terrible question. <laughs> uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, we started off the show with Lillian Garcia singing the national anthem. Obviously, this whole ISIS thing was the motivation for that. And I got to give credit to Dace. He made me crack up. He just dead face goes, oh, man, this would be the perfect time for Muhammad Hassan to return. <laughs> it's like right in the middle of the freaking national anthem, dude. <laughs> How crazy would that have been? What I'd be okay guys, with it. What do you guys think of the National Anthem? Did it have a place here, or was this just, like, pandering? I think it certainly did have a place. At the end of the day, if people did feel uneasy, that's just a nod to patriotism. So, I'm fine with it. It wasn't harming anything. And let's face it, they used to do this, like, before every show once upon a time. Yeah. I will say, um, it did have serve a place, and I understood why they did it, but... I was already a little behind by this point, trying to play catch up. So I hate, hate to say that I skipped it, but I did because it's Lillian Garcia, and I'm yeah. Okay, I was you a- still getting snacks. No, <laughs> I was okay. I was actually all set and prepared at this point. I was okay with them doing the national anthem in the beginning. The only thing I'm not a fan of the. Over the vocal acrobatics that people try to do on the national anthem, mm-hmm. just Lillian's style, how she goes every single part, putting her own flourish. And I'm like, I said out loud, I'm watching, like, Lillian, it's not about you. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, she does like anything that she can. I mean, it's the same as like any musician, really. Anytime that they can do anything to make themselves stand out, they do it. Like when she announced Callisto later on in the match, she called him Callisto. Like, anytime a Hispanic person comes out there, she suddenly becomes, like, uber uh, Hispanic. Proud but, to be Hispanic, Hispanic. Yeah. Rolling those R's. So, I, I'm not surprised at all that it's, like... I, the last time I've heard the National Anthem where it was sang in a way that it wasn't over the top must have been, I don't know, 15 years ago. Everybody's got to start, like, you know, bouncing up and down and going all over the place and stuff. So, I really... I tuned it all out. Hate to say it, but... I didn't pay a single bit of attention to it. And it's not any anti-American thing. It's not a, you know, discounting the ISIS threat or whatever. You it's heard just, it here, folks. Tony hates America. Uh, let's put it this way. I hate Mex-America. Which leads us to our next match. <laughs> Actually, it does, because our next match was oh, Alberto Del Rio versus Roman Reigns in the semifinals for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Roman Reigns had a pretty good match here. He ended up coming out on top, and as much of a Del Rio fan as I am not, I actually enjoyed this match quite a bit. I'm going to give credit to both of them on this one, because it wasn't just Reigns carrying it. Nice job. What do you guys think? I, I like... Uh, oh, go ahead, Drew. You go, Kalen. Oh, Kalen, you go. Okay. I liked how this one was very much back and forth. You know, Reigns didn't dominate as much as I thought he would. It's, you know, very different than the next match that we'll talk about in a minute, but... Uh, I thought it was really good that that there was a lot of back and forth. Roman would dominate for a while. Del Rio would dominate for a while. And it really made it seem more competitive, like it was more hard fought. But in the end, Roman Reigns wins, as we all knew he would. That's how disappointing with that. 
No, no, I'm not disappointed at all. I, I was happy of that outcome, but you know, it's predictable, which is fine sometimes. Yeah, I I have to agree with Galen, and I thought that out of all the uh, semifinals in the main uh, event, uh, this was the best one out of all all of them. You know, it was high action, fast paced, and you know, it, they had its fair. There are moments, a few moments where I actually, for a second, thought that Dario had a shot at possibly winning a match. He didn't have a cane shot necessarily, but <laughs> a shot nonetheless. Uh, you know, Roman Reigns winning in the end, not surprised. They, they were obviously going to go with the uh, brothers, with uh, Reigns and uh, Dean Ambrose winning later in the night, but uh, I, was, I was a bit skeptical of this match, mainly because, you know, Reigns isn't necessarily the best worker, and I never recalled him and Dario ever having a match. And I, I, I like Dario, but uh, I didn't know if this would be one of those technical-based matches where it's very slow and methodical that he would go out and do. But no, I was very happy with uh, everything they pulled out, if, and yeah, it was a great match overall. Baker, what do you think? Oh, I thought this was a really fun match and one of Roman Reigns' uh, better outings. I'm glad that they didn't have him kick out of Alberto de Rio's corner finisher. I think that's something that both me and Peyton were worrying about. Um, both men look strong. It was just a really good wrestling match. Nothing more I can really say. Right men won. And that took us into our second of the semifinals. Dean Ambrose against Kevin Owens. Dean Ambrose moves on to the finals in what I would assume to be another good match. I mean, I like that from top to bottom, too. Owens had some good stuff. Ambrose looked strong. Neither of them looked weak in the finish of the match, which was another thing that I was kind of like worried maybe Ambrose would look a little bit too strong just to kind of boost him up to Reigns' level a little bit. But thankfully, they didn't have to do that, and it ended up just being another damn good match. I, you know, nothing to complain about for this one either. Go around here, same kind of thing like that. Uh, Kalen, what do you think about Ambrose and Owens? I thought this was a great match. I think Kevin Owens dominating most of the time, at least in the beginning, I thought that worked perfectly. Made Dean Ambrose the underdog, which he was anyway. Made him have to fight harder when he eventually won. It made it that more enjoyable. And the ending sequence was my favorite part. The last, I don't know, 30 seconds or so. when they It just kept going back and forth. I'm going to have to go back and watch that again. But I really remember liking the ending sequence a lot. Very good match. Drew? Uh, yeah, like uh, Caitlin said, I have a really good match. I don't think it was as good as the first one, but I really enjoyed this match as well. Uh, that end sequence, like Caitlin said, was very interesting what they did with the two super kicks and the two attempts that Kevin Owens did with the power bomb that he never got a chance to actually do. So, uh, overall, a uh, great match. Uh, a close second on my eyes to the, uh, uh first semifinal match. Lego. Oh, this is a really fun match, and Kevin Owens has um, been critiqued recently for kind of dropping in his performance since his debut matches, but he showed tonight that he still got it. Um, I had enjoyed him busting out the, uh, what do you call that movie just off the top rope? It's not quite a suplex, it's almost like a fisherman suplex brain buster thing, it's weird. Um, but I'm glad he busted that out again. Uh, Ambrose looks strong, but again, he didn't squash Kevin Owens. It's right, a Matt. Fisherman vertical brainbuster. Sure. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be saying that too often. FBB. <laughs> oh, What's easier to say that or uh, the Neville thing we were saying earlier? Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yep. Solid match. A lot of fun. Nothing to complain about. And it's weird. It seems like we're all positive on the show for the most part so far. Um, hats off to everybody so far. Hmm. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a couple of areas of the show where I think it's going to drop. Yeah, this is where it starts to get a little bit hairy. Um, not so much, actually, in this match. I'll say that. Uh, but we had our next elimination match. The babyface team was Ryback, the Lucha Dragons, and the Usos against the heel team of the New Day, King Barrett, and Sheamus. And uh, my first thing that I realized in this match was just... You know, I, I didn't see kind of the point in having the Lucha Dragons out there instead of just Callisto because it was sort of like, well, Callisto is the one that matters and, you know. Um, but I was underwhelmed when they came out there and when the Usos made their uh, introduction, I actually said to Dace, oh, I wonder if uh, Cesaro is the next person that comes out because he's got to be in here somewhere. And I was like, wait, no, that's six. 
wait, shit, Cesaro's not going to perform at all? And there was a rumor that was going around earlier on the dirt sheets that maybe he needs uh, surgery for a shoulder injury. I guess that's the yeah. case. That's what I heard. That sucks, Four man. Four to six months, it's looking like, that they say he might be out. So there goes him getting any kind of a push out of this whole, like, Rollins and Orton and Brian and Cena but and everybody else that's going. I, I will say that, you know, it might suck for him now, but when he comes back, I think they can push him just to, you know, the very top that they really wanted to. I think Time Away might do good things for him. You never know. So I'm going to take, you always got to take something as a positive and make the best out of everything. So who knows? Maybe they'll do something with him if he does end up having to take time off. What's well, sad, even with his injury being just now, he's still probably going to be back sooner than Tyson Kidd is. Hmm. Well, more information is probably going to be coming out over the next couple of days. So we're going to talk about this on the Monday Night Raw post show if they do anything with that. And on Smack Talk on Tuesday night, if they have any kind of more information with that, too. So, I mean, right now, I guess the only thing I can take away from this is it sucks that he wasn't on the card tonight. But if I'm looking at this card, I was seeing just a huge disparity when it comes to the teams. The New Day team was far better. You guys agree? Yeah. Oh, definitely. You, know. you had freaking Money in the mm-hmm. Bank, King of the Ring, and the Tag Team Champions. The deck was stacked. Mm-hmm. And they even pointed awesome. that out in that promo, in the heel promo on their way down to the ring. Can we talk about that for a second? What did oh, you guys think about that? That was so uh, good. That was so funny when they just fucking, like, <laughs> Sheamus gets really into it and just kills the fucking moment. Like, it's the most entertaining Sheamus has been in a long damn time. Well, Barrett was really into it, too. I mean, there was, was a time where... He was pants laughing. Yeah, when they were dancing <laughs> and the, mm-hmm. the ringside, he was really getting into that. And they were just like, oh, shit, look at him. <laughs> I didn't know he does that. Yo, check out Wade. We had a great uh, line where he says, unlike the Lucha Booties, who will be spending another Thanksgiving at the little kids' table. Yes. <laughs> and I love the line, Ryback is involved by choice. He can't grow hair on his head. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier Woods with that weird little Richard hairstyle he's got going on. Jesus Christ, like Emily was just started cackling. He was like, what the fuck's on his head? <laughs> but I, I, will, I will say, when it comes to the the match they really did decide to protect the tag teams going into TLC other than the new day for the most part well what's weird is we had half of the lucha dragons get eliminated half of the usos get eliminated and then the new day they lost big e and just left like i would have thought if anybody would have ended up being in that spot it would have been xavier woods he's the usual fall guy but xavier woods gets a pinfall and this is what i kind of well, mean when i said earlier about Woods, Jay Uso, Sin Cara, like weird, like people that usually don't win any of the matches were winning tonight. Well, WWE's like, huh, we'll make Sheamus look like a real chump. No one will see that title win coming. <laughs> Except they do it with every money in the bank guy that they fucking have. Yeah. They do. Yeah. I mean, when I saw him at the end there, I was just like, God damn it. The only way that this is going to be better off, like, for him not winning the championship is if he is the sole survivor and beats Ryback and Callisto and Jey Uso. So I was like, by default, rooting for Sheamus to win this match. And I, I actually would have preferred him to like overcome the odds and people would have been just like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. He's actually legitimate instead of just making him look like another guy on the roster. Mm-hmm. You actually had a chance to redeem Sheamus in a lot of senses tonight and I don't think they uh, made the right decision here. Or even he could have eliminated one of the three people and lost to the other two. Would have made him look a little bit better. No, it had to come down to the last two. Like, the last one-on-one match at the end it needed to. Sheamus just looked like a chump. If they would have had one-on-one at the end and somebody beat Sheamus, who would you have wanted it to be? Ryback or Callisto? Yep. I would have gone with Callisto. Callisto, just because I think they need to... He's ready for a singles role. I know they're a good tag act, and they don't have many tag acts right now. But he's definitely could break out as a single star. Well, see, they could have more tag people if they don't break them all up. Like, now they're separating Titus from Darren Young, and it's like, well, Darren Young did the singles thing, and it sucked. Titus did the singles thing, and it sucked. He's not going to be going anywhere. Like, the best then, thing Titus really has our... for him is the tag division. That's a scenario where I think that they're just done in the company and they just both need to be let go. 
both of like, them? Yeah, I think they've hit their ceiling, to be quite honest. I think they'd be better off in TNA, where they can at least try something new and maybe look at WWE again down the line. Mm, I think Titus is too old. Yeah, you're right. Let's just like, fucking take him behind the shed. <laughs> Titus, old, yeller, O'Neal. <laughs> Seriously, how old is Titus? Like 30-something or other, like late 30s, I think. Hmm. He's not a uh, spring chicken. Let's see, 38. So, yeah, 38. So he's the same age as a lot of people that really, you know, should have been hanging it up. More reason why Neville should have been the fucking sole survivor. Damn right. I just don't get that at all. I mean, I'm really curious, too, to see, like, if they follow this up on Monday Night Raw with Neville winning something to kind of, like, make up for it, or if he's going to lose another match. And if that happens, he had to have done something. Maybe they're just setting it up so he can take the one ring. It's funny because he looks like a fucking hobbit. Uh, what else do we have that happened in this match that I wrote down? I don't think there actually was all that much that had gone on that was really that interesting. I mean, I was disappointed in this match. This was our big elimination match. Nobody's going to remember this. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about this. Can we stop talking about it? It's giving me AIDS. <laughs> uh, I think you are only, like, HIV positive right now. we got to talk about it for another couple minutes before you get full of yep. blown AIDS. Wago's really eager to go on to the next match. Oh, fuck. Actually, can we keep talking <laughs> about this one? Yeah, that, uh... Man. This is what I mean by this is where the pay-per-view went off, because when they announced the people for the elimination match, I was underwhelmed. Disappointed that Cesaro wasn't there. Disappointed that they had the three baby faces win, because it was like, well, we had two elimination matches, and we didn't have one single soul survivor, so nobody stands out at all. Blah. What's our next match? Divas Championship. All right. <laughs> and they went out of their way to edit out all the Reed Flair stuff on the video package. They made no reference to it whatsoever. And I was just so bland with this match. Like, the big spot, that spear, it sucked. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was definitely not a fan of this match. Not in the slightest bit. Really boring. And, hey, uh, uh, at least it lived up to the hype, right? Yep, yeah, pretty whatever hype there was. But uh, definitely was disappointed by this. And I will say, uh, what really killed this match, in my opinion, was the amount of screaming, really. Oh, God, yeah. It was terrible. And I saw people say, calling this like a great technical match, and... Okay, that's that's that if maybe it was, but fuck me, I couldn't get into it or really recognize that as that because I had to turn away at the time because Paige was screaming like a fucking dying woman, and it was just terrible, terrible, terrible. This is why I can't really get into women's wrestling is because fuck me, I can't handle people screaming like this. Okay, so you know how everyone just says we don't know how to appreciate the women. Emily's like not a hardcore wrestling fan; she just sits down, watches a match now and again. And what came out of her mouth was, why does women's wrestling look like a cat fight and not a wrestling match? Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, that I bet is... you, if you showed her the Sasha Banks and Bailey matches, she'd be like, damn, that was a good match. She watched those, fucking loved them. Because they were good fucking matches, that's why. And this match just was not. And I'm sure there's going to be so many people that are just praising it to all hell. And it's it's unwarranted. It's I definitely say... better than the average Divas match, but that mm -hmm. doesn't make it good. Right. Like, yeah. people need to get rid of this fucking double standard that they have. I was... Just, uh, good wrestling is good. Bad wrestling is bad. It is that black and white. If you try to look at something and you go, well, it's good for a Divas match, that's the same as saying, well, it was kind of a shitty meal, but just, uh, based off of the cook, yeah, it wasn't that bad, because they were a terrible <laughs> cook. Doesn't matter, I'm still going to order somewhere else. And I will... Like what Drew was saying here, the shouting in this, making him turn around and not want to watch it and stuff. I did the same thing. I got to the point where I was focused more on my computer than I was on that, the actual match. I was watching this with my uh, girlfriend at the time, and uh, she asked, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> that's what you made it sound like, dude." <laughs> with my girlfriend at the time, a couple hours ago, I said it. You know, call it quits. But she's in my bathtub uh, decomposing right now. See, but. she liked the match, so I dumped her. When she was over. 
were watching with, it with me anyways. And, uh, you know, before the match even started, they had both of them in the ring, and she saw the title there, the Divas title, and it was the first time she saw it. She asked, why does it look like a butterfly? And I was like, well, you know, since they're women and Divas, yeah. And she Again, th- that's exactly something that Emily pointed out as soon as she saw Charlotte with the belt. She said, why is she coming out with a pink butterfly Bob? You're writing on it. Yeah, my girlfriend would even even sugarcoat it that much. She's like, "Yeah, that looks fucking retarded," and I was just like, "Damn, it's really sad if a a woman sees that belt and just thinks it's fucking retarded. Get an actual belt that doesn't panders to just being a womanizer. That's their main issue. That's why I really can't take divas seriously." To be quite honest, that belt is kind of fucking offensive. Because you look at the NXT women's title, there's nothing that's like, you know, little glittery uh, pink butterflies and stuff like that. It's I mean, it's it has a feminine quality to it, but it looks like a championship. Well, I, I think it's like an important thing to take away from here is we're talking about casual fans that aren't us who talk about it every week, that haven't got cynical from seeing it for years. Just look at it and go, this is fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And yep. that's and that's the fans they're trying to cater towards too. Yeah, actually, uh, going back to like the whole screaming thing that Paige and, and uh, on occasional Charlotte would do. My girlfriend was still watching it, and she asked me why she was screaming so much. I'm like, I don't know. I think that's Paige's thing nowadays, where she just screams a lot whenever something happens. And she she ended up just like leaving because it annoyed her that much. The only good thing that she took away from was that uh, that one time Paige uh, hit her face on the thing. She thought she actually hit her face on the ramp. <laughs> and I was like, nope. She put her arms in the way. She's like, oh, well, that's fucking stupid. And she just walked out. And I was like, yep. And I, wa- and oh I watched God, this every surgery. day. Oh. I watched this every day. So you're telling me. Well, don't forget that the there's that other side of Paige's character where now she's even edgier because she's ripped her fishnets. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you know she's tough because she's got a fucking hole in her pants. I think There's really only one spot in this match that even stands out to me, and that's where they were on the barrier there, and, and she knocked her off the barrier. Other than that, I can't really remember a whole lot about this match. Mm-hmm. There's one th- of all the, of all the spots that were in the match, there's one that I'm glad was not in the match, and that's the 37 count of, come on, Nikki! <laughs> At least I don't have to listen to that. No Bellas, I'm fine with that. And actually, how great if Brie would have just came out and did that anyway? <laughs> oh Jesus! Come on, Charlotte. I will. I will say I do not remember Paige getting much offense at all in this match. I I don't remember the Paige turnover or anything that Paige does Paige when it comes to her turnover. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, I think that's I like, like an sorry, apple turnover. Like apple turnover from like mm. uh, or chocolate turnover from uh, Arby's. Such <laughs> fire, but uh, the. Did you really get any offense? Because I really can't remember this much too much now. I really can only remember that botched. Well, not so much botched, but that underwhelming spear on the barricade. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah I, I, there's... Like, I laughed at that. I was like, that was a fucking spear. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure backstage they were talking about like how epic it was going to be. <laughs> you know, how fucking great they were going to pull off this awesome spot. Yeah. Everybody's going to go fucking nuts. And it was like, shit. That's like worse than I would have done. I would be terrible at this. To take one positive away from this, the video package did a good job at disguising how terrible that feud was. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Tony brought that up talking about the editing. You know, they they didn't mention the whole Reed Flair thing at all. They just said, oh, she made it personal. She made it personal. Well, how did she make it personal? Apparently the Flair family wasn't too happy about that, so I oh, just yeah. spoiled it back. Yeah, I saw, I saw something about Rick saying that, like, you know, they, they didn't even say anything to him about it. So... At the end of the day, I look back and, you know, I'll realize, man, Sasha's actually a lot better than I thought she was. Because fuck me, if Charlotte can't do, do anything good with Paige, who is not really half bad, if you really think about it, then she really was carried in NXT when it comes to Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and everyone else. One thing that I am grateful for, though, is that we didn't see Charlotte crying again tonight. It seems oh, like God. the last ten times in a row that we see her on TV or a pay-per-view, she's always crying. She's crying and wooing, just yeah. Manic depressive. <laughs> anyway, I gotta say, you know, following this up with the Tyler Breeze and Dolph Ziggler match, I was underwhelmed with that one, too. I like both of them, and I thought that they could have done so much better. 
Yeah, pretty much. Agreed. Yeah, both of these guys are great in the ring, but it just didn't have that it quality for me. There was something missing. I don't know. It's it, it was boring compared to what it should be on paper. You look at it, and these guys should put on a hell of a match, but it just didn't do it for me. I think a lot of it had to do with the placement on the card. Following yeah. that was just bad. Like, well, you'd think it would look good in comparison, but... Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, there wasn't going to be many good places to put this at on the cards. I mean, you could have put it between the co-main events if you wanted to. You could have put it, like, right after the, uh, I don't know, the semifinals matches. But for the most part, no one would have really cared about this at all. So, I don't... for the. I will. I don't think there was much better spot you could really put it on the card. What do you guys think about the end of the match? Because that was one of the things that I really thought stood out to me. That unprettier just sort of happened out of nowhere. Not in like the RKO out of nowhere cool way. It's just sort of like, wait, that was the end of it. He's I felt exactly the now? same way. Yeah, I, I same. I was like, wait, that's it. That's the end. What? Same reaction I had. Now, I get they the gave it, like, yeah, they gave it because of the name. Yeah, like I, that makes sense, but as his finisher, like, I don't know. I mean, That's the type of move you establish on the rules on the week beforehand, so he makes sense when he uses it. Right. And I like the beauty shot more. So what you're saying is uh, tomorrow he's going to have a match and he's going to use something else. Probably a super kick the way that everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit, everyone has a super kick in their arsenal, and What's to be honest... It's uh, the super super something kick, isn't it? The... Teddy Super, does mo- have super model super kick. kick. Super it's, model kick is what it is. That's a good name. But yeah, I mean, I like Ziggler, I like Breeze, I wanted to see these two feud together, and this just didn't do it. And I don't know if it's just like they were off tonight, or maybe it was even my perception, I don't know. I can, I'll, you know, throw that out there, maybe that's a possibility. If I went and I watched this match, like, I don't know, a week from now, just that match on its own, I might like it more. But I don't know. I mean, right now, tonight, it's just happened not that long ago and wasn't feeling it. I don't know. These guys are very similar in their style. So what I would like to see eventually is Ziggler turn heel, have them team up. I think they'd be a good heel tag team. What would you call that tag team? Oh, Jesus. Uh I don't know. They, I'd have to think about it. Oh, Jesus. Is a great name. <laughs> the, uh, the Tyler the Breeze and Summer Ray pairing now is called Summer, Summer Breeze, Breeze, which yeah. I like that. I thought that was cool. Makes me feel fine. <laughs> I don't know how Ziggler would get in the mix there because Summer Breeze Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> La. Um, I will say, Breeze, though. Breeze. I don't know. <laughs> I will say that um, I don't think I'm as high as on Tyler Breeze as a lot of people are, so... I think he's a good hand in the ring and, you know, very similar to Dolph Ziggler, but, you know, it might have been two styles that were too similar that wouldn't mesh well together. Or, you know, you never know. Dolph Ziggler could have sandbagged just for the sake of, you know, I think he's a bunch of a douchebag. He could have. I doubt that's the case, but I don't know. It was okay for for what it was, but I don't know. On a card that had a lot of good stuff on it and after the Divas match, it it just went... Not as good. And also, by this point, that crowd was dead. I think after the uh, first two semifinals matches, the crowd just didn't really care. And some people will say that crowds shouldn't dictate a good show, but crowds can really help a show. And I think if, if a hot crowd was with this match, I think it would have helped a lot. Definitely. But the crowd did warm up a little bit. We had our next match was the Wyatt family against the Brothers of Destruction. And it seemed at first that we were going to get... Strowman and Wyatt, but we got Luke Harper and Wyatt. And how pissed must you be if you're Eric Rowan that once again they were like, Rowan, go out there, get your ass kicked. Let's do it. At least Strowman, like, sticked around. He just fucking disappeared after that double choke slam. Yeah, they even said it on the commentary that he was just leaving. Yeah, that he left the arena, they said. It's like, damn, man, you're ruining the future legend. Real shame. Like, I don't know. I was thinking that maybe they would start this off with, like, 
Rowan, when he came out there, you know, he got his choke slam or whatever. I thought that maybe Harper would be next, and then it would be Strowman that would be after that. And Strowman would put up a little bit of a fight, and then it would be like Strowman again and Wyatt. Like, okay, well, if Strowman puts up a fight, I'm going to team up with him, and we're definitely going to win. But smart decision, I think, to go with Luke Harper because it upped the quality of the match itself. We all know that Harper's better. I mean, he's easily the best out of the four Wyatts, right? Um, as a whole package, no, Bray Wyatt's better, but if we're talking strictly wrestling, yeah. then Luke Harper. Yeah, they're yeah. just... Yeah, I agree. Team. Yeah, so it's better that they went with Harper instead of Strowman, because Strowman wouldn't have had a good match. But still, lost a lot of its kind of uh, buzz. Like, it was fun, you know, I, I liked watching the Brothers of Destruction, I like how they won... Some people are going to complain they want the Y family to win because some people want every younger person to win every single match, and you can't please everybody. Well, this was a celebration of The Undertaker's career right. at the end of the day. Like, everything from the entrance, it was just a feel-good moment, and there's nothing wrong with that from time to time. People, and mainly internet fans, are always ready just to fucking throw away the old guard that's paved the way. Um, I agree, you've got to build your young stars, and they do need to take priority. But, honestly, no one knows that this feud's over. And if it isn't, Bray Wyatt could win later, or they can rebound and give Bray a big win against another babyface. There's still chances for Bray to look good. He's got plenty more years left in the business. So does anybody think that they still would have preferred 4-on-4, four four, or that this was good enough? I would definitely have preferred 4-on-4. Four four. Um, given Even though we had the fun entrance and... By the way, that casket with the Undertaker's face in it, that was cool as fuck. Um, but even though we had the cool entrances and stuff, the match still was just kind of blah. Luckily, they didn't give it too much time, so some of the issues with the match didn't really show. Mm-hmm. I mean, people before were talking about possible four-on-four scenarios, and I think any way you do it, it's going to take some of the needed attention away from Kane and Taker. I mean, people were talking, you know, having Kane and Taker and Sting and Finn Balor on one team, which, you know, fantasy booking, sure, that sounds cool. But it's it's about Taker. This is his 25th anniversary, and that definitely would have st- uh, stolen some of the spotlight from him. So I don't know. I think it worked the way they did it. It would have been nice to see a traditional match, but I think it worked the way they did it. Drew, was this underwhelming, or did it match up to your expectations? Um, I don't know. Switching the car. Brin definitely gave me higher hopes for the match, and I think for the most part it was good. I mean, not much to complain about. I think the taker going on the top makes sense, and the match was okay. I, I really don't have much to say other than that, but yeah, it was good, and it served a purpose, so yeah. When was the last time we saw Taker go up on the ropes and hit the old school? Seems like it'd been a while. Um, probably. I don't, I don't Call him he, doing it to uh, Lesnar, and he might have done it at WrestleMania 30, but before that, it might have been uh, since CM Punk. Okay. He might have done it against Bray at WrestleMania. That's what I was trying to remember because I know he didn't do it against Lesnar, but I was trying to remember no. if he had done it against Wyatt. Before. I wasn't even thinking about Bray. Yeah, <laughs> I, I totally forgot he <laughs> faced Bray at WrestleMania, but uh, actually, no, I think about it. I don't even think Taker went old school against CM Punk. CM Punk did that, so. I have, actually, I have no fucking clue. It might have been Triple, triple H for all I could know. Back in 2001, where... <laughs> if you know, leave it in the comments below. Yeah, definitely tell us. I mean, some of these things, we just forget about them. We're focusing too much on the things we hate to remember the things we like sometimes. Uh, our finals of this WWE World Heavyweight Championship tournament and the match that followed it, of course. Uh, it's the last thing that we need to talk about here. Dean Ambrose... Fight, uh, Fight. Ah, messing all over the place here. Dean Ambrose was up against Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns ended up coming out on top. And then things went a little bit haywire. Uh, I would say that I think that Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose had a decent match, but it, it might not have been as good as I was really hoping for it to be. Maybe because of that like anticlimactic ending. But then again, maybe they did that kind of on purpose. And it was blatantly obvious when they were, you know, it's 1038 and they're putting all these streamers down and confetti's falling and stuff like that. And I'm like, God damn it. Seamus is going to cash in. Mm-hmm. That's actually exactly when I said it. As soon as all the confetti came down, I went, 
Oh, Seamus is cashing in. Emily mm-hmm. goes, how do you know? A lot of time left on the card, and they're making a big deal of this. Right. So Seamus does cash in, and we're leaving with Celtic Warriors, a new fucking champion. Hey. Woo! <laughs> okay, so I think all of us going in, we're saying the word... We were, like, looking forward to the Ambrose and Reigns match, but we didn't want to see Sheamus cash in. Yeah, I, yep. I would disagree with you. Well, no one cares. 100% um, Anyway, so Sheamus winning, I'm going to give it a chance. I'm not going to shit on it straight away, because the biggest issue with Sheamus right now is he's very stagnant. This is a different role for him, so I'm not going to poo-poo on it straight away. As, I am. <laughs> I know you yeah, we- Tony. As far as Shame, as far as Reigns versus Ambrose goes, if that's the direction they go for for WrestleMania, I'm looking forward to it a lot because that was a lot of fun, and I think they'll get more time on the main event of Mania. Well, see, there's two ways that I think we can be building up to now. Either we're getting Reigns not get a title shot until WrestleMania against Sheamus, or we're getting Reigns losing. Or actually, maybe even beating. I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine him beating. But at the same time, Reigns could be fighting Sheamus at TLC and again at the Royal Rumble. And somebody else gets a shot against Sheamus. Or Reigns, if Reigns is, you know, successful. And I have to imagine one of the top people of that, on either case, would have to be Dean Ambrose. So we could get Dean Ambrose versus Sheamus at WrestleMania. We could get Dean against Reigns. Or we could get Reigns against Sheamus, but it's down to these three, I think. And out of all those scenarios, I'm out of options of what I want to see anymore. Because we just saw Reigns and Ambrose. Unless yes, but we saw happens. Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose's babyface versus babyface. There's still more layers to tell with the story. Just because they do something doesn't mean they can't do it again later and it'd be, be- and it'd be better. It could, but I also kind of don't want either of them to turn, so it's sort of like... Unless they turn would one you of them be in a okay, good way. Would you be okay with them turning at Mania? Probably not, because probably the build-up to that, I wouldn't care. Because I'm, fi- I'm fine with it if these two keep up this whole we're best buddies thing and have it go where Reigns eventually wins the belt back against Sheamus at, say, Royal Rumble. Dean Ambrose wins the Royal Rumble. Then you start the tension building. See, I don't want another WrestleMania where the build sucks and then the WrestleMania ends up just being better than I expected. I want the build to be good and the WrestleMania to be good. And I can't see myself buying into Ambrose and Reigns yet again. And I can't see myself buying into Sheamus as the champ for either but, uh, either of them. Well, Sheamus like, isn't going into Mania as champion. Like, I think that's pretty obvious. I don't know, man. I think he is. God, I hope not. No, you're fooling yourself. Reigns is going to knock him off way before uh, Mania comes around. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins the title next month, but it'll probably happen at uh, Royal Rumble. I'm thinking Rumble. I think he's going to chase it for a little bit, have to overcome some hurdles. And if they don't go with Ambrose, I could honestly see Triple H was Reigns happening at Mania. He He hit Triple H with that spear, so... See, this is what I'm worried about. I'm worried that we're going to get... Reigns and Sheamus at TLC, and Sheamus is going to retain, and then we're either going to get, like, Reigns screws over, or not Reigns screws over, Reigns gets screwed over again at Royal Rumble by Triple H or something like that, and then we get Reigns against Triple H, and Sheamus goes in as a champion because it's like, well... You know, Sheamus retains over the next couple months because of Triple H's help, and then somebody else, like a big babyface wins, which Ambrose is the only person I can think of other than Daniel Bryan, and I don't want Bryan and Sheamus at all. Like, fuck you, I don't want that match anymore. But somebody like that wins the Royal Rumble and faces Sheamus at WrestleMania, or we just get Triple H doesn't want to give Reigns a rematch until he wins the Royal Rumble. Isn't this the ideal scenario, though? We complain so often that we don't have predict like everything's too predictable. Now, no, now with everyone injured, not knowing who's going to come back and when, them having to scramble for this tournament, it changes everything. And I'm actually enjoying this because I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm actually intrigued to watch Raw now. See, I would, but I just don't like Sheamus. That's the thing. Like the same thing would have happened if Del Rio would have won. You know, if you put a championship on a guy I don't like, 
I'm not going to be into his feuds as much. Like, you got to do five times as much work to get me to go back to the same level as if it would have been two people I like. What I'll admit is it's going to fucking drag having Roman Reigns or Sheamus. That is not a good feud. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm in the same boat as... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, continue. You're fine. I was just going to agree with Tony's point that seeing Sheamus out there, I've never been a fan of Sheamus, whether he's heel or babyface. It, it was nice, you know, having him shake it up, coming back as a heel this last time. But whether he's champion or not, or, or holding a title or not, I, I don't care. He's just not doing it for me. He doesn't entertain me. Um, which, and which is ironic because he's the guy who says, are you not entertained? But I am not Sheamus. I am not entertained by you. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. Sour. I'm just, I am being sour. But I hope this is uh, like a fresh reboot. I hope that this run now changes my mind. I'm staying open-minded. I guess I'll find out tomorrow night. But uh, I don't know. It's just I've never been a Seamus fan. So this whole next couple months, like I'm not looking forward to it because it's just going to be same old shit week in, week out. Yeah. See, that's now, my biggest fear when it comes to Seamus is Seamus came back from being – a couple months away and it was like, well, we're going to reboot the character. We're going to have a whole, you know, change of pace. This Seamus is exactly the same as the other Seamus. The only thing that's different is his hair. So what makes me think that Seamus with the championship isn't going to be the same as Seamus with all his other championships. I, that's with the that's money a the fair bank. point, but you do have to give it an opportunity. And one of your biggest issues is you'll shit on it before you see it. Cause you have a disdain for Seamus. I don't blame you. They've given you a reason to have a disdain for Seamus. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is, Seamus and Triple H are friends in real life, meaning they're probably going to have some type of organic chemistry being buddy-buddy. They're weight room buddies. They could play out. It could work very well. We could see a dynamic to the Seamus character we've not seen before. Probably won't. Probably be sick of him after a week, but there's a chance. I will say, um, you know, they are pretty good buddies, but uh, he was willing to put him over at WrestleMania 26. Please, we got to remember that. But I was... So believe that you know Seamus is probably I look at this as an exact copy of what happened at SummerSlam in 2013 you know the confetti you know pyro everywhere a fucking shit ton of confetti as well man way too much confetti <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. like no I remember they did this at Wrestlemania 30 they did it at that SummerSlam in 2013 and there, there was not as much confetti as it was this time but you know, Triple H comes out. Uh, the only difference is he didn't give a pedigree. Sheamus did all the hard-hitting work. But, you know, I think Sheamus is the Randy Orton of 2015. Pretty much. He's going to be the face or the of the company going forward. He'll be the uh, main person. Well, you got to remember, Orton, Orton had a longer run because it, that started at SummerSlam. I don't think they're going to have the time to build Sheamus that of way. Course. He's going to get knocked off a lot soon before he becomes that figure. Um, I think the only reason they gave him the belt, honestly, is because they didn't want him to look too weak. I think their entire plan is that fucking Reigns is going to take the belt off him and just run with it. I do agree. That's probably what they're planning on doing. It's and, what they know, should hey, do. Yeah, and also I will say when it comes to Sheamus, I mean, I, I never, I don't think Sheamus is that bad. I've always enjoyed Sheamus for the most part. And, you know, going forward, I bet Triple H does a lot of the talking going for him going, going forward. So uh, for the most part, I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the, the outcome. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not the biggest Seamus guy, but I wasn't surprised that it ended up happening. But I will say going forward, since there's only one heavyweight championship, more people got to start losing their money in the bank cash-ins because I, I, I think it's certain it, – it might – I don't know, but I might think – I'm starting to think that it might devalue the world heavyweight championship if some random person just comes in, wins it, and then they take the belt off him a month or so later. I, most I don't of the time know. people disagree with me on this, but I'm actually ready to have a break from the Money in the Bank briefcase. Do you know? I, uh, I, it, I, it just feels like they're shuffling the deck for the sake of shuffling the deck. It's not a necessity. See, I think that what they need to do, and I mean, this is kind of branching off to a side topic, but I think if they want to spice up Money in the Bank, they should make it, you can challenge for any title. That or have multiple money in the big matches for different ladders. I don't so, want multiple ones. Yeah, one. Oh, like a tag team one? I'd be actually okay with that. I, but I don't want to just like have every like multiple people can cash it in on the same title. That'd be retarded. Yeah, you got to do like a singles one. You can do it for the Intercontinental, the US, or the World title. Maybe even do 
one for like the the tag titles, you know, just do those are your two money in the banks kind of a thing. But I don't even think you really need to do a tag one. I think actually, if there if there's a tag team money in a big match, will there be two two briefcases above? The yeah, ring? see, that's where it gets a little crazy. Yeah. And I think what I if you make it to where somebody wins money in the bank and they can challenge for any title, you can actually even have them challenge for the tag titles and you just get a partner. Yeah. If you want to do multiple ladder matches, you just do what they did when the belt was vacated. You have one for the championship, one for the money in the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they did, and they did that this year's, I believe, with the uh, World Heavyweight Championship between Seth and uh, the Ambers. But uh, they did one rule for Money in the Bank one year, which I really liked, and it was this Money in the Bank only people that never held a championship could be in it. Yeah, oh, cool. so like the one, yeah. And it was all heels. Say that one, right? Yeah, I think everyone in the match was a heel, and it was the best one of the night. Mm-hmm. Going back one. to a point that Drew was making earlier, I, I thought the exact same thing when all the confetti came down and Roman had just won. I was like, oh, God damn it. This is just like SummerSlam 2013. A Triple mm-hmm. H even comes out. And I'm like, oh, he's going to go shake his hand. He's going to kick him in the gut and do the pedigree. And then Sheamus is going to come out. I'm, well, I'm glad it didn't do it that way. And another thing that I'm really glad about when Sheamus did eventually come back out, he hit him with the brogue kick, goes to pin him. Roman kicked out the first time. I was really happy about that. Um, so even though he did eventually, you know, hit him again and he got pinned and, and you know, lost the title, I'm so glad that he kicked out that first time. That was, was probably my – that was the one time I – I wanted yeah. him to hit that spear so bad. Yes. That, I was really hoping that he would retain. I was just like, dude, that would be so fucking great. Like, I was like, please, <laughs> ha- please have a super scene a moment. Please. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah, I'll that was that was the one time of the night where I actually, like, shouted out and I was like, yes, come on. And like – so I don't know. I'm okay. We'll see how it goes with Seamus, but I was really hoping that it would be a wasted cash in. I was really hoping that maybe like Dean was still around, you know, like he hadn't gone to the back yet or something and he could have mm-hmm. came in and there would have been like a spot with like him distracting Seamus and triple H trying to, uh, knock Ambrose off. And then Seamus is distracted and gets speared and Roman retains and that kind of thing. That would have been cool. But instead, we got Seamus going forward, and I'll, I'll say this. There's the potential to make me change my mind. I'm not going to deny it. I used to not like Daniel Bryan. I turned around when it came to that. I said earlier that I liked the uh, the Del Rio match tonight, so maybe Seamus will have some decent matches and stuff, but judging based off of what's happened in the past, there's not been a single title reign for any belt that Seamus has had that I liked, and I haven't liked any of his feuds from pretty much anybody ever, whether it was oh, a Kiss Me Arse match oh. or his eight-month-long thing with Del Rio or what. I, but I, I, I think you're being a little too harsh about that. You know, I think him and Big Show had some great matches the end <laughs> in 2012. I, I swear to God, they had a. I don't well, remember. Big Show won the title, the World Heavyweight Title off of Sheamus at Hell in a Cell in 2012. That was a great match. Survivor Series won. That was a good match. I mean, Chairs match always fucking sucks. I always say that one wasn't good, but. You know, Seamus has surprised me a few times, and, you know, you said you didn't like that beauty out with Alberto where they had, like, a championship match on, like, five or six straight pay-per-views, but I actually really enjoyed all those matches, same outcome each time, and eventually I did want Del Rio to win just for the sake of it, but I've always enjoyed Seamus, so I really can't share the same hatred that you three most likely do. Well, hopefully... You are right when it ends up being that it's better, and it's not a situation where I'm right and it's terrible because if Sheamus does what I think he's going to do, he's killing WrestleMania. I will say this is the first time that Sheamus has held the World Heavyweight title since 2012, so it's the first time he's going to be like the main focus on the show if they decide to go that route and make him the star of it going forward, so... You never know. A lot of the cars have changed since then. A lot, there's a lot of different uh, exponents happening. So you never know. He could surprise all of us and you know actually shine and do well in the spotlight this time compared to what he has in the past. Stranger things have happened. So that's it for all the matches, breaking them down and stuff. We just want to go around here one more time, say what you think was the best part of the night and the worst part of the night. Kalen, I'm going to start off with you. What's your high point and your low point? My high point is the Brothers of Destruction versus the Wyatt family. That match was a lot of fun and the entrance was fantastic too so i'm gonna give that my high point of the night low point gotta give it to the divas just was not feeling it jerry what about you high spot I, low blow oh the 
Alberto blow. Um, my high spot for the night definitely has to be the opener between Roman Reigns and uh, Alberto Del Rio. I think it was a solid outing between the two, and I enjoyed every second of that match. So kudos to both both of them. Uh, my low my low blow low point of the night has to be that Divas match, like Kaylin said. Uh, just you know, screeching and shouting and a stupid belt looking belt. Just give me Sasha Banks and fucking call Bailey or something. Give me some two wrestlers that I know will go out there and tear the house down every single time. Tear the house down. Lego, high fat, low fat. What do you think? All right. So for the good, I'm going to give it to Roman Reigns in ring performance tonight. I'm sorry, guys, but the Roman Reigns haters, you don't have a damn leg to stand on. The guy can go in the ring. That was your crutch to hate him. Sean. Stop throwing your tantrum, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Seriously, I don't get it. He had entertaining microphone segments tonight. He's a good interview now. He had awesome matches. Probably the best match of the night. I don't get the Roman Reigns hate. He is ready. He is the guy. Don't like it? Don't fucking watch. As far as the bad goes... Fucking Davis, terrible. And I'm not going to go in depth with that because they don't deserve it. You might be surprised, but I'm not going to give Sheamus the low point, uh, or low blow, or low fat, or low whatever. I'm actually going to give that to just how lackluster Survivor Series ended up being when it comes to the elimination matches. I'm going to look back on this and probably not remember a single thing that happened, and that's a shame. It's the namesake of the pay-per-view. They spent zero time building it up. They didn't announce a single one of them ahead of time. And even though we had two matches, and they weren't terrible matches by any means or anything, and I thought the Goldust return was cool and stuff, I think this is just too little. And you take a pay-per-view that used to be one of the big four, this is kind of a shame to see it. I mean, it's sort of like if the Royal Rumble would have been 20-man or something. And, uh... If you would have had, say, the money in the bank, if that would have been something where they didn't announce anybody ahead of time and it ended up just kind of being blah. Like, these should be better than this. And I know that the I... roster is thin, and I know that, you know, the Seth Rollins injury kind of changed some of their opinions about what the matches should have been and stuff, but damn it, it's not that hard to plan it out. I mean, you can spend an extra hour, look at the roster list, and figure it out, and I feel like they didn't. Um,. High point, though, probably going to give it to the title tournament in general because I think we had two really good matches before the finals. The finals itself, pretty good. I mean, it could have been better. And, of course, I do you know, have my issues with the Sheamus cash-in and stuff. But all in all, you look at it, two decent matches, another somewhat decent match, and a surprise cash-in. You know, it's hard to argue against that, so... Uh, that's it for our little post show for Survivor Series 2015. Make sure you guys leave your comments below. Tell us what you thought of all the matches that happened. What do you think is going to happen going forward? Are you interested in Sheamus as the champion, or do you want to see Reigns or Ambrose or anybody else for that matter take it real soon? What do you think is happening for TLC? We got the Monday Night Raw post show coming up tomorrow night where we're going to give you guys more of an opinion of what happened and look back on what happened on this pay-per-view with, you know, a little bit of time to sit on things and stuff. So maybe our opinions will change, maybe they'll get worse, maybe they'll get better, and we don't know what's happening when it comes to Raw tomorrow night, that could change everything. We could have something as simple as Reigns get his title match tomorrow and win the belt. You never know. So, uh, follow us, favorite, share, subscribe, all that other kind of stuff like that, and make sure that you uh, pass this along to your friends and family and stuff, and keep checking out smartoutmoment.com for everything that's going to be happening there. We got one more thing we have to do that's going to go around and give some plugs, Kalen, what do you want to throw out there? Yes, you can find me on the Twitter at Kalen Ferris. And if you'd like to test your knowledge of all things WWE, check out Sporkle.com. That's S-P-O-R-C-L-E. And there you can find hundreds and hundreds of free trivia games about the WWE and many other topics. Drew, any of the promotion on your side? Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, since we never know if Sean's going to go on a tantrum because he, Roman Reigns, technically held the World Heavyweight Championship at one point. Oh. You never know. But... Uh, Premier Pals, uh, you know, soccer podcast, football co- podcast, go to Happy Pope Productions on uh, the YouTubes and Facebook and like him, hit him up and, you know, talk some Sean. 
and uh, yeah, that's about <laughs> it. And if you understand him, of course, you might be fucking rambling and too much, but you never know. It's like, hey, you talking some Sean about me? <laughs> Wago, any other uh, plugs on your end? And if you'd rather talk some Wago, you can find me at Stephen Wago on the Twitter. That's Stephen spelt with a P-H. Also, check me out on Stephen Wago pretty much any avenue, because that's my thing. Stephen Wago. It's also your name. Alright guys, that's it for our Survivor Series post show. Thanks again for listening. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out. Ah!